But there's, a, there's a few verses of Scripture, so uh, just follow with me this morning as we, you know, uh, uh, project this morning uh, with a thought that your future is redeemed. Your future is redeemed. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You ever talk to your soul? Say, come on, get up here. Let's, let's, let's get it. Let's get with it. Okay? There's some real reasons why you should be excited and why you should go ahead and, you know what I mean, to be in the praise mode. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. This is forward. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your reward and you shall not be afraid of the terror by day nor of the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For in the time of trouble he shall hide, you, hide me in his pavilion and the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Thank you. I want to talk to us this morning about your future being redeemed. And how that redemption is not just after life, but in life. Not just in the eternities, but also in time. Yes. Please note this morning that salvation is a gift of God. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is, you know, a gift from the Lord. But we're going to move this morning into, you know, Past just that salvation, the benefits that come with it, but also 
the relationship that can enhance it. And to do that, I must start out with this. That as the natural, so is the spiritual. That when you're a baby, a new Christian, a fresh believer, the, 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 the hands-on of God, the, the, the personal attention, the care is relative to that, that season of being a baby or a child. But then as time goes on, growth takes place, we begin to connect to responsibilities. Growth. It was Paul that wrote to Timothy and talked about the the child, the young men, and the fathers. And so this morning, I need us to understand, you know, as I'm talking, that you understand that if someone is a baby, the care of God is at that stage. As we grow, the care of God is still there, but has some responsibility on behalf of the one that's cared for. And sometimes, Paul said, people get stunted. They get stunted in their growth. He said that there were those that should be teachers and they needed to be taught. They're not as far along as they should be. So that's part of that humanness that we all face. So salvation is a free gift to those who believe in Jesus Christ. But this morning I'm going to talk about the extra living benefits that are connected to what you and I put into the relationship. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 1 that before time, heaven had a planning session. It says that before the foundation of the world, that planning session took place. Within the framework of that planning session, there were specific details and, you know, uh, dynamic outcomes. The future was being laid out. In a general aspect, but then also as scripture unfolds to us, we begin to see some of the specifics. Psalms 139 tells us that God began to also pen 
the details of everybody's life. And what he had planned. But what you will notice is that in that planning, God has arranged to bless your future. To bless your future. Yes. First of all, let me start with that we live in dangerous environments. We read from Psalms 91 some of the dangerous environments that we walk through in life. But we also read some of the blessings that are available in spite of and to counteract those dangerous environments. How many know that while we might use the word pestilence, we may not use those things, Paul picks it up in Timothy and begins to, you know, paint a picture for us of some of the dangerous environments in our time. For in the last days perilous times will come. Men shall be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. It begins to outline the, the, uh, the dangerous environments in the journey of life as it pertains to our generation. And so is, how do we bring all of the promises of the blessing of the Lord, how does it find a, an application and a, a, a rule of life for us? Well, first of all, it says that, that, you know, there is a place of blessing. They who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So there is a place of blessing. Yes. As a child of God, you automatically come into positional blessing. But as the scripture unfolds, we begin to discover that there's also relational blessing. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall, all of a sudden, he unfolds of those blessings of safety, protection, and care, okay, of those uh, 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 from the environment. Jesus, I believe, picks up on this in John chapter 15, verse 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, there's going to be some major outflow that comes into your life.
We all know how important relationship is. You can be brothers and sisters and not have relationship. In other words, you have position, but you don't have relationship. You can be husband and wife and you have that, that document, but you don't have relationship. That enrichment. And then there is those relational benefits. That's what I would like to bring to the highlight this morning is those relational benefits. So number one, what is the secret place? What might be the secret place? Well, let me give you what I think it is. I think a secret place is intentional decision to establish a regular time with God. I believe it's where you meet with God one on one. It's living close to him. Think about it. The life of Jesus was a life that was based upon close relationship. It says that he oft went away to pray. He rose early in the morning. Maybe you're not a morning person. It's okay. But you need a secret time with God. You need one-on-one, -on -one, you know, with the Holy Spirit in your life. A place where you seek a place where you abide, a place where you rest, a place, you know what I mean, where faith, love, and, and hope get rejuvenated. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Yes. See, I believe that there's a spiritual address. And it's not... You know, your box number in your house. I believe it's the position on the purity and the, 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 the bent of your heart. When God came to Jesse's house, he made the statement... You can be at the right address, but we got to find the right heart. Hallelujah. As a son of God, he's at the right, we're at the right address. But he's looking for the right kind of heart. Relational. He that dwelleth in that place... There is a tremendous flow of blessing. Tremendous dimensions of protection. For God looks at the heart. I submit that to you. Spiritual address is the kind of heart. The kind of 
heart. Hallelujah. This book is bursting with the promises of God. How God has amazing things in mind for your future. A redemption that includes your earthly years. That's what we read in Psalms 103 and Psalms 91. We read, okay, those about those earthly years. That redemption of God is what we call a turnaround, where he gains possession. And we know he did it because of the payment that he made. And this redemption is not just about the survival of the soul. No, it's about the revival of the soul that was dead. Hallelujah. In the life of Zacharias, we noticed how his past was redeemed. His present was transformed and his future was redirected out of the life of Zacharias. Having confidence in God, having confidence in Jesus Christ because during Jesus' lifetime, he provided so many ample proofs of his ability to completely restore the fallen world. And he did it on individual basis. Not to the exclusion of those that he didn't visit, but just to set it up so we could see that there was coming a time when all of these lordships and benefits and blessings of Jesus, he has the right to intervene. He demonstrated his lordship over heaven. We talked about the heavens last week, the three heavens. In this case, it was the, 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 the first heaven when he calmed the storm, Mark chapter 4. He demonstrated his lordship over hell when he cast out the demons from that troubled man in Mark chapter 5. He demonstrated lordship over life when he healed a woman of her incurable disease, also in Mark, Mark chapter 5. <laughs> he demonstrated lordship over supply when he multiplied the loaves and the fishes. He demonstrated the lordship over death when he raised that young girl from the dead. Not even just to speak about his own personal resurrection. I love Revelations who gives us a slight picture of the end of the story and the climax of it all. 
And he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each for tree yielding its fruit every month. Oh, hallelujah. I, I love God's personal care. Amen. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There was no more curse, but the throne of God and the, the Lamb of it shall be in it. They shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. There no more night there because he gives the light. Those marvelous things that flow into the believer's life through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Powerful. The gift of redemption starts with the gift of living faith. Think about it. The first principle of the gospel, the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by his faith. What is interesting is, is that Jesus takes everything that I am, just as I am, and in return, I receive everything that he is. Hallelujah. Positional benefits are amazing. We not only receive the gift of living faith, but we receive the gift of sonship. Galatians chapter 4, verse 7, you are no longer slaves, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 1 John chapter 3, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. So you get... Family identity. You have a new father. A heavenly father. Has bestowed upon us. Has been granted to you. There's another word of the New Testament. You know what I mean? And it's called adoption. An intentional, you know what I mean? Going after. To make you, to bring you from, into. Beloved, now are you the children of God. And if he goes on and reaches past even this earthly life. The benefits of sonship based upon the position of, that is, Legality or legally a son. But then there is the spirit of sonship. 
God has sent his spirit into our hearts whereby we cry, my father. Remember the elder son. He didn't have the spirit of sonship. No. All he could do was complain. In all of his service, which there was, there was not an endearment of my father. No. Even though everything that the father had was available to him, he knew not how to tap into it. He couldn't find that secret place. Couldn't find that place of rest. That place, you know what I mean, of contentment. And that place of, oh my. I'm a son of God. I'm in a royal family. King of kings and the Lord of lords. So it seems that some of the best blessings flow from the spirit of sonship. Think about it. blessings already designed for your life. Paid for by the blood of Jesus and through and because of the life of Jesus and the love of God. You need to start with one recognition and appreciation for the marvelous freedom that is yours. Freedom from guilt, condemnation, the shame of our sin. We all have it. We all have a tarnished past. And we even some may be struggling in the present. But because you're a son of God, you don't have to live in guilt and condemnation and shame. No. You can be free from fear and worry. Judgment is not in your future. He has paved a way for relationship. Yes. Why is this important? Because you cannot see your future when you're staring at your past. Can't do it. It's possible for 
those thoughts and those actions to rule you so much that they begin to decide your future even before it gets started. That's why the scripture says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. I want to encourage you this morning to don't give up on yourself because God hasn't. I don't know. In this redemption plan there is that freedom to dream. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There is a freedom to dream. I love it. Because maybe you want to get out of the dream you're in. (laughs) Move into the Dream of God. Jeremiah 21 and 11, not to overdo it, but I know the plans I have for you, plans of good and not of evil. Are you living the dream? Not evil, but good. Yes. Know this morning that you have liberty of access. Liberty of access. Therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace. We're prone to try to Tidy it up (laughs) before we get in there. Yeah. We're prone to want to make ourselves feel better before we go ahead and boldly come. And he says, you know what? You know, get in here first. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Liberty of access. He says that there you are going to graciously have your petitions granted. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Oh, hallelujah. It's a family thing, isn't it? How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those that ask him? Yes, he has planned for your future. He has redeemed your future. Forgive not, forget not. Everybody loves Psalms 103. And this is the word of the Lord. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. He forgives all of your iniquities. Heals all your diseases. Redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You're entitled to protection and compassion. Yes, I will lift up my eyes from the hill to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. There's not just anybody in your corner. The one that's in your corner this morning is the Lord, the creator. You can trust him. You can rely upon him. He will not allow allow your foot to be moved. And he who keeps you will not slumber. He will steady you. He will secure you. And he's always going to keep awake regarding you. You're not sleeping, are you, Dave? Okay. <laughs> Dave, my brother Dave, he's, he's so at peace with the world and everything that he can just fall asleep. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, he can. It's, it's a wonderful, restful thing that he can do. You know what I mean? Well, God says, listen, you know what I mean? I'm not going to be like David. You know what I mean? I'm really going to be paying attention to what's going on in your life all the time. Okay? All right. Yeah. <laughs> he can fall asleep driving. I mean, I guess we all can, but uh, God says, I'm not going to fall asleep driving. I'm not going to do it. Oh, yes. The Lord is your keeper. Imagine that. He's your keeper. There's the innkeepers, there's zookeepers, there's housekeepers. I mean, you know, all the keepers that there are. See, they, they have a responsibility. They, there's a purpose, you know what I mean? There's a role that they play. The Lord says, there's a role that I play. I'm your keeper. Yes. And he says, I'm going to Preserve your going out and your your coming in. From this time forth, even forevermore. I don't know and you don't know what tomorrow holds. You may have some plans. That's all right. But when you go out to those plans, God says, you know what I mean? That he's going to preserve them. They may have a potential, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? To be lost. They may have a potential to become spoiled. Something might be able to happen to them, but he said, I'm going to watch over it so it doesn't happen. 
Proverbs 18 and 10 gives us a little picture that when you face a crisis, you face, you know what I mean, one of those, you know, uh, uh, things that are causing 10,000 to fall at your side. He says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are protected or safe. You've got to learn to run the right direction. You've got to learn to run to God. There's a secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That, that whole idea was like, uh, is the picture you can draw from when Moses was up on the mountain and the cloud came down and settled over it. And it was hid. Hid from all eyes. And had an audience with God. And there was communication that was coming from the Lord and that was taking place. Yes, live and dwell in his presence and under his authority. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've learned... And I'm sure you have too, to recognize that when it gets too heavy, it's not him. Somebody give the Lord a praise. That's right. It's, it's the weight of it, and he wants us to come in and unload. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Yes, you're entitled to protection and compassion. Now, let me talk just for a moment of a promise that says your latter days shall be greater than your former God wants to amaze you with his goodness. Job chapter 8 verse 7 says, Although your former state was ordinary, your future will be extraordinary. Of course you take it from Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 about the, how the latter house shall be greater than the former house and it will be a place of peace. Woo! Oh, hallelujah. It's not just an exciting environment. It's a peaceful environment. Moms and dads, grandparents, 
latch on to the promise of God, hold it tight. The latter days, he says, of God's children will be greater than the former days. When God made that prophetic word, you know what I mean? They were nowhere near or close to glory days. They actually were in between. The glory days had faded. And there was very little anticipation, you know what I mean, about glory days in the future. And God comes along through the prophet and says, I want you to know something. You may have been in a downtime. You may be between a rock and a hard place. That's a statement we use. But I've got plans. I've redeemed your future. I've included your kids in my redemption. He's saying what God did for your parents or your grandparents, he is going to surpass in the next generation. In my estimation, having been in the kingdom work Fifty years, I have watched, and I believe, through all those experiences, all those times, that the glory that's in the house of God today is greater than the glory that was in when I was a child. It's more full. It's more complete. It's more compassionate. It's more faith. It's more hope. It's more love. All of those things that really do make up the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are. Yeah. It was Isaiah 43 and 18. He says that sometimes there's a, there's a, it's, it's very important that you stop dreaming about the past. And you start anticipating the future. And that's what he's saying in Isaiah 43. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. There's a value in it, don't get me wrong. But when the thoughts of yesterday are greater than the thoughts of tomorrow, we're in a slow speed.
I, when I was younger, we're still young, younger. I always wanted and desired to, to uh, sing and play piano. I still want to, I just can't. <laughs> Those things that Jan and I wanted, you know what I mean? In our hearts, but they only became realized through our kids. God has made promises to you, but those promises might be, you know, completely. They may be, you may be, you know what I mean, the soil that carries it, the prayers that birth it, you know what I mean? But it's in the soil of your generations that God says, I'm going to make better than what it was for you. Amen. I'll tell you for sure. Both of my kids are way more talented, way more anointed. And I believe that yours are too. It's there. The promise has been made. And God is about to release those. Sometimes it just takes one person to unlock it. Absolutely. Just one person to unlock it. And God seems to arrange that for us because he's made, made a promise. I want to draw your attention as we wrap this up that God has an orchard and it's the orchard of hope. That orchard of hope is when divine light and power begin to flow into your lives. The scripture says that it's an anchor or an attachment cord. It's designed to be unbreakable a lifeline for you, for her, for us, attached to the almighty God. God has good intentions and great promises. So that orchard of hope one of my favorites is, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. May not be <coughs> what you're hope for, but as you keep hope alive, it is a garden of God. Where the promises of God not only abide, but they spring from. And as you hope, you are guaranteed that you will not be ashamed. 
Paul writes in Romans, I believe it is chapter 5, this hope doesn't lead to shame. Thank you, Lord. Don't let hope collapse in your life. Absolutely. Get acquainted with what's, what that hope is about. You see, because what you don't know can hurt you. It says so in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 8. It says that none of the rulers of that age knew. And had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They would not have missed him. <clears throat> and that's why you need to linger over God's promises until that heartfelt hope rises up. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. Hope does so, so much. Let me ask my musicians to come. If I can bring it home to the earthly journey. God has planned for your welfare. He says, according to Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33, the Lord will provide your daily needs. He says, your food, your housing, and your clothing. Do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Gentiles seek after those things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean you don't go to work tomorrow. <laughs> but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Take rest that God has been your priority. Because God says, I've provided for your welfare. God says, I've provided so that you never need to be alone. When that Holy Spirit, the helper, is come, he will never leave you. He will teach you. I mean, know that teaching takes a little bit of time, doesn't it, Jill? I mean, how many grades do they put us through to try to just get us halfway to, you know what I mean, uh, some kind of level of, you know, understanding life and solve life's problems? Start with 12, and now we're so dumb, we got to go four, eight, you know, 10 years to, to finally get it home for us. <laughs> Well, that probably is not true. Actually, they're smarter today. I know that for a fact because I see my son's math. 
It's not two plus two. He's provided for your welfare. The Lord will provide even a way out of temptation. We read about it. Psalms 91. You're not exempt. Temptations will come. Challenges will come. God says, I'm going I'm to be there and I'm going to make a way for you. Yeah. Because God's plan for your future. The Lord's plan for your joy. He began to pen them down and write them in the book. John chapter 15. There's such an excitement that can come from, you know, God's promises that he said that your, your joy just going to be, you know, overflowing, full. He says that the Lord will provide what you need to do his will. What has God called you to? God says, I'll provide it so, and I'll make it so it's possible. That's found in Hebrews chapter 13, 20 and 21. He'll provide you with spiritual strength. Ephesians chapter 3. He provides you with that divine protection. He also says that I'm going to deal with the, the things that you may have lost. Mark chapter 10, verse 29 through 30. And he says, and I'll provide you with a chosen role in his body and the church, in the kingdom. You see, God has planned and redeemed your future. There's a woman in the Bible, her name is Naomi. It's not you, is it? No, I'm not that old. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi had gone through some major lost times in her life. In the midst of all of those wonderful things that surrounded her, that she had a daughter-in-law that says, you know what I mean? Wherever you go, I'm going to go. Really committed. It just wasn't doing the thing it wasn't energizing her oh hallelujah but God provided a man Boaz was a type of Jesus Christ that was sent to redeem her past and bless her future. Yeah. 
God sent a man, his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem. To redeem us, our past. To redeem our present and redirect our future. He did. So I want to encourage you today. Move into relationship. Find a secret place. What works for you? What'll work for you? How are you and God going to communicate? Read the word. Wonderful. Like to be silent in, you know, his presence and just let him, you know what I mean? Let the quietness of it filtrate into you. I know people that just, they get all excited. They just do, you know, almost aerobics. (laughs) Stand with me this morning. He that dwelleth in the secret place. When something is a secret, it's a discovery. Discover. Discover. Because there are relational blessings that exceed the positional blessings. Do we have a song this morning? Let me pray first before we sing. Father, today, in the heartache of our hearts, in the sorrow that delays cause, in the wounds that loss leaves behind, we're asking you today to come and heal to bring that anointing on that platter on that table according to Psalms 23 thou anointest my head with oil And my cup runs over. Spirit of the Lord, heal the brokenhearted. Set the captive free. Undo the chains that hold us from moving forward. 
Help us to lift up our eyes unto the Lord from whom our help comes from. And realize that our helper is the creator of all the universe. We ask it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you haven't been faithful, but God says, I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to be faithful. It's a whole lot more dependent on God than it is on you. But the more you open up, more of the relationship benefits will arrive at the address of your heart. Go with God, because He is going with you. God bless you. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.